The message today um, is Thanksgiving. Imagine that. <laughs> so uh, what I was thinking of is Thanksgiving is made up of two words. Thanksgiving. Now, did you ever stop and express, ex- you know, express appreciation? Well, I, might, I have to start with this bad news. There are, there's, a, um, there's a push by some groups to eliminate Thanksgiving, that they don't think that it is necessary for us to have a holiday that is honoring the pilgrims and because it wasn't the way that we found out it was in the books. And I'm sure they were there and they know all the reasons. <laughs> That's my sarcasm, you know. I always like how people can go back and tell you how, bad, how wrong history is. And well, where did you get your information from? You know, and, you know, that may not have been exactly as it was, but there was some sort of a celebration. But even if there wasn't, there is still, it is still appropriate for us to give thanks. But, you know, some people live in such hatred, in such defeat in their lives that they never think of being grateful or thankful. It is almost like a foreign language to say thank you or that I appreciate you. Or I'm grateful for what you're doing. You know, there, there's this whole attitude of being, recognizing the benefit of others. And it's like, you know, my daughter, uh, they live, uh, and son, whenever they went to school in Missouri, they talked about how that out in the Midwest and so on, it's a whole different culture than around here or in the eastern part of the state. That there's just a, a, a much friendlier culture out there than here. And, uh, you know, sometimes we think, well, we live, we're pretty friendly, you know. But unless you go someplace else, it's like, oh. So, but the idea is being grateful and to have an attitude, an attitude adjustment, which says thank you. And the word thank means to express gratitude. That uh, whenever we are being thanked, when we thank Someone, you are assigning responsibility for something. Thank you. Now, when we say that, we are assigning, you know, somebody holds the door for you and you say, thank you. You're assigning responsibility for something and you are grateful. How many people, well, don't raise your hand on this one. How many, <laughs> how many are, you know, somebody pulls in front of you on the, on the, uh, on the road uh, and we express thanksgiving to God for them. I'll move on. We might assign responsibility for something, but it is not thankful. <laughs> so, but the idea is establish the idea of thank, which is <clears throat> get assigning a responsibility. Thank you for what you do. And of course, giving is providing love, or other emotional support, or caring. So when we are giving, we are providing. There is a provision that we are supplying to someone else of love, of emotional support, of caring for them. So when you are in an attitude of giving, you are giving, you know, emotional, something that is from you to them. So whenever we look at this idea of thanksgiving, we are basically saying that we want to express our gratitude 
and say and, and express a specific um, responsibility to you, and we want to support you with our love, support you with our gratefulness, support you with our caring. Thank you for giving. You know, we've been thank thank people. Thank you for serving in the military. Thank you for going beyond, you know, our first responders and those in the hospitals and those that are, you know, having to deal with this COVID crisis again. And, you know, thank you who are taking care of and and helping other people. So there's this, we are assigning a specific responsibility for something and that we are grateful and offering our emotional support. Thanksgiving. So whenever we give thanks to God, that it is actually we are saying to God, we're taking something that, no, one of, the, one of the challenges is if we find something that is not so good, <laughs> the Bible says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Well, we often look at that with um, some reservation. There are some things we just don't want to give thanks, thanksgiving to God, but we don't want to be thankful for. Why? Because we think that it is the worst thing that could have ever happened in our life. And it may have been. But being thankful is saying that my expectation of this thing that was so devastating for me, being thankful to God for it is that God is going to work something good. Out of it, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his service, according to his program, as it were. So giving thanks to God is not so much that we, what happens doesn't hurt us or it's, it's totally unexpected. It, it caught us off guard. But being thankful is saying that I am expecting good to come out of this. So thanksgiving is more than just, you know, hey, thank you. And, it, you know, if that's, if some, it's an appropriate statement, then say it. Hey, thank you very much. But being thankful to God is being able to take this situation that we are facing, take this life that we are living, take the place that we are in, the circumstances that we are in, and say thank you to God. Because we are expecting good to come out of whatever it is. And if it is good, then it's going to be even Okay, teachers, it's going to be even more good. <laughs> Gooder, yeah. It's going to be more good. <laughs> so, so, you got the idea. All right, so, being thankful, being grateful, establish an attitude that is thanking for assigning. You know, we like, we like to assign you know, failure. Who did that? <laughs> you know, wh- why did you do that? You know, those types of things. We, we, we like to assign failure, but we need to assign uh, responsibility for gratitude, for doing a good job, for, you know, for trying, for the effort that goes into it. The, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Okay? Sounds like a very good way to start. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here is the phrase I I want us to look at. 
who has blessed us in, heaven, in heavenly realms? Who has, who has? Now it doesn't say who is going to bless us. It says who has already blessed us. So we find that the idea of praising God and, and lifting our hearts to God is an expression of warm approval. It is an expression of admiration. So whenever we are saying praise be to God, it's an expression of admiration to God who has already blessed us. Now, the challenge is that we would look beyond what it looks like now. Okay, God has already blessed us. So the situation we are in, giving thanks, God is going to bring, God, you know, we're looking for good to come of this. And then we are saying that it is important for us to understand that God has already put blessings in store for us. You know, if you ever, um, the, the Coke machines and soda machines, that you, you find they have some, they have new, well, to me it's new. You know, you put your money in, they're glass, and then the, these things move around and go up to where it is, and the bottle slides out, and then it comes around and dumps it there. They sell more sodas out of those machines than the old ones where you can't see anything going on. Because people love to see it move around. Sometimes I, I think I'd just like to buy something and watch it move around, you know. Well... God has a way of moving things around and we need to have faith enough to believe that God has already put it in place and the blessings are coming into our life and, you know, it's, it's not as easy. Okay, well, push this button. Blessing, you know, blessing number two. Oh, blessing for the home, blessing for the family, blessing for you. I'll take blessing for me. Blessing number three. <laughs> well, it's there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. He has blessed us. So how do we get the blessing from where God has it lined up for us into our own life? And I think that the challenge for us that God has already these things in the heavenly realm, has them stored up for us, has them in line for us, and that we then with this understanding of Christ and his love for us, we are praying and believing that what God has in store, that we would allow him to bring it into our lives. It's like God doesn't have to create it. It's already created. God doesn't have to mix it up. It's already ready. It's there. And we're asking him to bring it by faith. We are declaring what is. You know, when Abraham was going to have, God says, you're going to have a son you know, and, and Abraham went about moving and believing that God would give him a son. And it didn't, he didn't have one, he didn't have one, he didn't have one. Well, when it got to the point of being impossible, that's when God, that's when God came through with he and Sarah. And you see, Abraham believed God because he believed what God had said to him and that God would answer that prayer. So the blessing that God has for our life, who has blessed, who has blessed us, is like the same promise that God gave to Abraham that he was going to have a son. 
He just had to reach that point in time and never give up on the promise and kept believing and expecting that he was going to have a son. So God has already blessed you. We just need to, I don't want to say push the right button. We need to have faith to believe that God can, can bless us, not necessarily because of who we are, but because of who he is, who God is. And that he is the one that saves us from our sin. He's the one who has called us into a heavenly calling. He is the one who has given to us the need, uh, the need, the ability to be receptive. So why not allow God to bless us in all, with all spiritual blessings? So, so we've got to be bold enough to say, that I don't see it right here. I, don't, I, can't, I can't get a hold of it right now, but I do believe that God is going to work a miracle. I do believe that God is going to bring about this provision. In James chapter 1, verses 16, 17, and 18, James says, So my dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. <laughs> so this isn't, you know, the desirable gifts. What are they? What is it, what is it that, what is a desirable gift? Well, God knows the thoughts and the desires and the intentions of our heart. What are the desirable gifts? And you see, the desirable gift for your life would be di different than the desirable gift of mine. God is not going to say, well, you know, neither one of you are right. Forget that. I'm going to go over here and do this one. You know? He says that the desirable gifts that we pray that God would grant our heart's desire that what, what hurts us hurts God, so what blesses us blesses God. And when we are, we are blessed, we are to be thankful to God because every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. <laughs> it's like the God who made the heavens and the earth who put all the stars in place and you know there and it goes on to say that there is nothing deceitful in God nothing two-faced nothing fickled he brought us to life using the true word showing us off as the crown of his creation whoa you are the crown of God's creation one translation said the father doesn't change like shifting shadows produced by the sun and the moon Oh, wait a minute. So we find that the gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. And in one translation, it says that there are no shadows. <laughs> there are no shadows. What is the, you know, if we think about things, you ever, well, we got new lights. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we got new lights. And, um, they're, they're, they're very nice. What? Thank you. Yes, thank you, Lord. That's a gift. Yeah, let there be light, and there was light. <laughs> you just flick the switch. See how much faith you have? 
we have that much faith to turn on the switch because we believe the power is already there. We have enough faith to believe <clears throat> that God can bless our life because the power is already there. It abides and resides in us. So, there is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, and nothing fickle. <laughs> so, there's nothing. God, what God promises, he's not like man that man, you know, that would fail or make promises that he couldn't keep. So God is trying to get our attention and get our attention by letting us know that we need to be thankful. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 8, uh, verse 6, he says, But Jesus' priestly work far surpasses what these other priests do, since his working from a far better plan. Now, if you can imagine that I've been wrestling with this or toying with this as we've been going through the, the, in the Sunday school lesson and doing the different letters and so on the, of the Gospels and Paul's letters and general letters. If you think about it, the early church, it was made up of, primarily made up of believers who had Jewish background in the temple and, you know, taking the sacrificial system the laws, the commandments, and, and, and keeping the, the holy days and offering sacrifices. And then you've got the Gentiles, and they are people who are individuals who worship pagan idols, and they, they worship in temples, and you know, they, they, you know, they, they haven't got a clue what they're doing, and they're paying tribute to idols and so on. And then you have them both coming together in a congregation and believing in Jesus Christ. You know, what a conflict, you know. Not only do you have two cultures coming together, you have two religious systems that are diverse coming, trying to get together and merge. But God writes in the scriptures, he's writing there to get them to focus on their nature, on their relationship with Jesus Christ and how that Christ now brings them life and the pagan culture has to go away, and the laws and things have to go away because it's by grace that you're saved through faith. In all things, give thanks. Well, over here in the, in the uh, pagan culture, you've got to do, you know, offer certain um, sacrifices or whatever. Some of them, they would even give their children to the to the gods and for sacrifices and over here you've got them fulfilling the law and going to the temple and you know um, bringing the lambs in once a year and the you know passover and, and doing all the rituals and then you had the pharisees and sadducees checking up on you whether you did them right or not and so you bring them together and god is saying by grace you save through faith <laughs> and that in everything give thanks that you are to be a people who understand the nature of God. And it is greater than the Jewish laws and much totally different than the pagans. And he brings them together and his word tells us that Jesus' priestly work far surpasses anything that happened in the Old Testament and anything that happened in the pagans. Because Jesus his work surpasses everything. He is supreme. The first plan for the Jewish, the old covenant, had worked out, if it had worked out, 
there would be no need for a second one. (laughs) Heads up, the days are coming when I'll set up a new plan for dealing with Israel and for dealing with Judah. I'm going to find the next page here. I'll throw it out. I'll throw out the old plan. I'll set up the. Uh, I'll set up with their ancestors, when I led them up out of the land of Egypt. They didn't keep their part of the bargain, so I looked away. Verse ten. This new plan that I'm making, with Israel, isn't going to be written on paper. Isn't going to be chiseled in stone. Now remember. The Ten Commandments, finger of God wrote them on the tablets and Moses brought them down. The new commandment is not going to be chiseled in stone or written by the hand of God as it were on stones. This time, I'm writing out the plan in them. I'm carving it on the lining of their hearts. So the new plan that God has for us is that it's written in our hearts. It's written on the lining of who we are as a person. It is something that our character, our nature, our whole person changes. Because God has written this inside of us. And it is a spiritual awakening. It is a spiritual renewal. It is a spiritual understanding that all things work together for good. Are you sure? Well, God says so. Everything has a plan that will work out in the end. And so where I'm at right now, the carving on my heart says, give thanks. (laughs) The carving on the inside of my being, my spiritual being says, be thankful. Not because of this, but because of God, what we'll do with this. We don't have to be grateful that something terrible has happened, but we can be grateful that God will take what has happened and bring good from that situation, because only he knows the end from the beginning. And you see, it's written inside of us. God says it's written on the lining of our hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. (laughs) I will be their God. God and I together in this. You and God together in this. And that God is going to God is going to work these out and work this out in our life. He is our God and we are his people. I am his child and so are you. I am joint heirs with Christ, that Christ has come to bestow upon us these blessings, all these great blessings in spiritual ways and in physical ways. I don't know if this goes with COVID or not, verse 11. They won't go to school to learn about me. (laughs) They don't need to go to school anymore. (laughs) That's totally out of context, okay, but... Just thought I'd throw that out there for those of you who think you have to go back to school soon. But um, they won't go to school to learn about me, what the, the writer is saying, or buy a book called God in Five Easy Lessons. <laughs> They'll all get to know me firsthand, the little and the big, the small and the great. 
You see, this whole idea of coming together in Christ, coming together in thanksgiving, coming together and allowing that we are going to know him firsthand. Saul of Tarsus met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And all of his learning and all of his religious systems that he had learned never made an encounter with Jesus. But Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus and his life was changed forever. He began to know firsthand the God he had been trying to find through rituals and laws and and formality and doing all the right things. And he never came to know God, only came to have a distrust for anybody who didn't believe the way he did. But when he found Jesus, everything changed. And verse 12 says, they will get to know me by being kindly forgiven. They will, with the slate of their sins, forever wiped clean. So whenever we are looking at Christ and we are looking at what he has done for us, we find this whole new principle of what and how God is working in our life. And then we move to uh, Isaiah 61. And this all has to do with forgiveness. This all has to do with thanks giving. This has to allow us to see that our ability to give thanks is a recognition of God's ability to touch our life. Isaiah says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to the spiritually bankrupt." And he has set me to bind up the brokenhearted. So we find that God who has written on the table of our heart, on the lining of our character, he has written to us that the sovereign Lord is upon me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Now this is not only upon Isaiah, but it is, it is upon us as we read this and we believe that God is speaking to our life that his spirit is upon us. And what has he done to proclaim freedom to the captives? Did you ever think that being grateful would help someone feel important? They are held captive by their, by their misguided thoughts. And that just being grateful and showing them appreciation is a way to set them free from their captivity that they have in their own minds, and release from the darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. You see, there is a divine favor. There is God's grace that is given to each one of us that we, that we have God's special blessing. Each person has that special blessing. Each one of us are God's special child. And his blessing he has for us is one that he wants to bestow upon our lives. And it says, he has come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Lord's favor. God's blessing. And we go on and it says, to comfort all who mourn. And provide for those who grieve. To bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and arraignment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. Wow. We are bestowing, giving, blessing by thanksgiving, being thankful, thanks, giving, assigning responsibility for a blessing to a certain person, being grateful. And we find, what is it doing? It's liberating the captive. It's setting them free from bondage, that it is giving them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of gladness instead of mourning. So we find that there is a change in our attitude, there is a change in our perspective, there's a change in, in everything that's going on simply by giving thanks, we find that what God wants to do through his word is to purify his people by helping them to understand God's true nature and God's message. We are to understand God's nature. We are to understand his message. And, and his message is not about See who can survive. His message is about honor, about giving, about receiving, about blessing, about being blessed, about sharing the word, sharing the truth of his word. And we find that God is at work in us and through us. He's writing his word upon our heart. And it becomes our first nature, not our second nature. It becomes our first nature to give thanks to God for the coming together of this person and me of you and someone else, a divine intersection of time, a divine placement of individuals that you just happen to be there with them. It says that they will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You are the oak of righteousness for God's display of his splendor in your life. <laughs> so you see, being grateful is when people come by and see you, the great oak that you are, and they will honor God, not honor us, honor you, because we give thanks to God for who he is, and that God's blessing is upon my life, and that as I am blessed by God, I am not hoarding what God has given me, I am blessing other people. I am assigning to them a special thank you for doing good in my life. Thanks, giving. Know somebody you can be thankful for? Know someone that you can assign a special thank you to? Send them a note, make them a call. You see, you're an oak of righteousness. Planted by God. Amen? You can even paint stones. <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> but we're grateful for that. Amen? Oak of righteousness. The acorns, yes. <laughs> and we had acorns by the galore. But you, Thanksgiving. Thank, thanks, giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
that you have given us your word. You have engraved your word upon the lining of our character, upon the lining of our hearts. And we pray that as we assign thanksgiving to individuals for the blessings that they have brought into our life, we let them know that it is by the grace of God that we are here and by the mercies of God that we are blessed. And it is by thanking him that we can see beyond the immediate trials and tribulation that something good will come of this. We thank you for this and ask your blessing upon us, upon your word, upon each one who is listening. I pray, Lord, that you will guide us into your truth and let your Holy Spirit just encompass us and give us your peace and your forgiveness and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.